Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Welcome to another at-home edition of Lakers Carpool. Lakers got another huge win in Game 2 on Sunday night. Anthony Davis with the game winner to put the Lakers up 105-103. to Let's get into it. What a game last night was for the Lakers. I will say... They didn't start off too hot. Well, they started off pretty well, but the game was not looking too hot towards the end. But Anthony Davis, thankfully, um, saved the day for the Lakers, putting them up 105-103 to for the win with a game-winning three-point shot. Man, what a day. I mean, it's pretty crazy. The Lakers get the game winner while wearing their Mamba jerseys. Anthony Davis yelling or mouthing Kobe after he hit it while he's celebrating with the team. Really can't get any better than that. I mean, other than, other than the Lakers playing a better game and not having to have the game winner, but doesn't get much better than that. So, I mean, thank God for Anthony Davis. That was an absolutely beautiful shot. I don't know about you guys, but I've been re-watching that shot over and over and over again because it was just perfect. I mean, from from the catch to turning into the, you know, the catch, getting set, going up over Jokic's hand, the follow-through, the perfect swish. I mean, with the time running out perfectly, it was, it honestly couldn't have got, couldn't have been better in my opinion. So, um, you know, whether you're feeling positive or negative about the Lakers' performance last night, you have to at least give Anthony Davis the credit that he deserves for putting himself on the line, feeling being willing to take that last shot not only being willing to take the last shot, but sticking it and and owning that moment. So getting into more of the details of the game, um, kind of going through from start to finish, LeBron James, he came out strong in the first half, scored 20 points. Um, however, he only ended the game with 26. And I think he a lot of it has to do with he he stopped attacking the basket as the Lakers we're getting more and more complacent towards the end of the game, allowing the nut, which really helped allow the Nuggets back into the game. Um, and I mean, the Nuggets—they're a resilient team, and they've proven that even though they're down two games to zero, they really aren't going anywhere. The negative side of me says that the Lakers are lucky that Anthony Davis bailed them out with that shot, but on the other hand, the optimistic side of me says that the Lakers pulled out a win against the Nuggets team that was surging late in the game like they like they had against the Jazz and against the Clippers and the Lakers pulled it out so there's two sides of the coin in this performance you have the side where the Lakers really were choking the game away a game in which they had a double digit digit lead of i think 15 or 16 points um and were letting the Nuggets control the pace of the game, control offensively and defensively on both sides of the ball, control the game. Um, So there's a lot of negative ways that you can look at this game, but on the positive side, the Lakers got out with the win. You know, this series could very easily be one-to-one right now, but the Lakers are up two games to zero. The Lakers fought enough 
um, to to stay in the game, to pull the game out, to be in that position for the last second shot. And Anthony Davis played very well leading up to that point too. I think him and Jokic combined for the last 22 points of the game or something along those lines. So Anthony Davis, not only did he step up big in that last moment of that last shot, but he stepped up big as the game was winding down. And as the game was getting closer and the, and the game was getting closer to ending. So, you know, the nuggets are, like I said, a resilient team. They are proving that they aren't going anywhere. And it's great to see that the Lakers were able to fend them off just enough to hit the shot. And of course, when a game comes down to a last second shot, you have to look at, you can look at it. You have to look at it with that. The Lakers, if Anthony Davis misses that shot, the Lakers lose the game. So the Lakers were in a position where the Nuggets were winning in that game, 103 to to 102 with two seconds left. And Anthony Davis did step up and hit the shot. If he misses that shot, the Nuggets win. So the Nuggets had put themselves in a position to win the game. Um, and let's just jump and talk about that last possession or the last two possessions technically. So the Lakers have the ball um, down 103 to 102 with about 20 seconds left. LeBron James tries to drive to the basket, doesn't get anywhere, kicks it out to KCP for the three, um, but the Nuggets close out on him. So then KCP swings it over to Caruso at the top of the key at the three-point line, who's wide open. He takes the shot, props to him for taking the shot. It was online, just a little short. He missed it. Props to the Lakers for being able to get the rebound, get the offensive rebound. Um, I think it was Danny Green picked up the ball in the corner to try and take a shot. He got blocked out of bounds. So Lakers ball with two seconds left. So the ball really did also bounce the way of the Lakers in that last possession to put them in a position where they could get an inbounds for the shot. Um, So, you know, you can be positive about it. You can be negative about it. I think it's good to be both in this situation. It's good to um, take the Lakers, you know, what they did well and what they did poorly. There's a little bit of both, but you have to be at least happy with the outcome that they were able to pull out the win and go up two games to zero because that's huge. So kind of looking at the matchup, and everything, and you know, again, what the Lakers did well, what they did poorly. Um, the Lakers didn't shoot quite as well in the game as they did in game one. They didn't necessarily shoot bad, um, but I'm pulling up the stats right now. I think they shot in the 40s uh, from the field. I want to say like 44% or so. And I think they shot in the 30s from three. But I'm pulling it up really quickly so that I don't get it wrong. So. Of 
course, my computer decides to freeze up a little bit. Yep, so the Lakers shot 44.6% from the field, 36.1% from three. That is 3% lower than the Nuggets who shot 47% from the field, but also 3% higher from three as the Nuggets shot 33.3% from three. So not a terrible shooting night from the Lakers, but not 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 one of their more more elite games. And, you know, they just didn't, they just weren't really able to get into a rhythm, it seemed like, from an offensive standpoint. So that was a little rough. But, you know, so I'd like to see the Lakers shoot a little bit better. I think what really killed the Lakers in this game, though, were the turnovers. They had 23 turnovers for the entire game, 10 turnovers in the second half. You know, when you're turning the ball over, you're not obviously getting chances to score points and you're giving the ball, you're literally giving, giving the ball to the other team and you're doing as much as you can to give the other team two or three points or even four worst case scenario. Um, so the turnovers really killed the Lakers. The Lakers had 23 turnovers. The nuggets were up there. They had 19 turnovers, but you know, the Lakers out turning over the ball against the nuggets is a big problem. And, you know, when the, with the Lakers having guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo, who do handle the ball very well, typically, um, there was just a lot of lackadaisical passes, a lot of lackadaisical things going on out there. Cal Kuzma just didn't really look like his head was in the game for most of the game. He, a couple times where he just, like, dribbled the ball off his foot or his leg, um, or where he just couldn't catch a pass. He was a little too ahead of himself. Like, he was, he looked like he was trying to do a little bit too much in the game. Um, and I, it just felt like there was a lot of that going on for the Lakers in general, where they were trying to do too much. You know, LeBron had a lot of behind the back passes, which I don't, I think a couple of them were probably turnovers, but, you know, for the most part, they weren't turnovers. But it just is a, I, to me, those types of passes, they work every once in a while, but he did, it seemed like he was doing it a lot. And it's something that, you know, LeBron, yeah, so LeBron had six turnovers, Cal Kuzma had four turnovers. Rondo had five turnovers. So that right there is pretty telling for because those are those are guys on the team for the Lakers that kind of control the pace that um you know Rondo and LeBron more than Kuzma, but Kuzma being a slashing forward kind of type guard type player um really can make a difference in those situations. Um and so him having four turnovers and not taking care of the ball those are points that he's not getting or that he's not assisting on and then same goes for lebron and same goes for rondo so and i get that those are the guys that are passing the ball the most um lebron had yeah he only he had six turnovers and four assists rondo had he rondo had nine assists so that's that's good but he had five turnovers so not great overall in the turnover category. And I think that really did hurt the Lakers a lot in this game. But also on top of that, the Nuggets really did a good job defensively forcing the Lakers to settle for threes. Lots of times where the Lakers would drive to the hoop and get caught, the Lakers would get caught in the air. And then that's where they would make a bad pass, whether it was a turnover or just a bad pass to the guy, like around the three point line where they're not able to just catch and shoot right away. They have to fumble for the ball or it's, 
too low or too high and there it allows the turnover or the, it allows the defender more time to get and close out at the three point line. Um, so yeah, so the Nuggets did a good job at forcing the Lakers to, to kick the ball out to three, um, and make a bad pass either turn the ball over or settle for a three, a contested three. And then, yeah, going back to what I was saying about the Lakers not shooting too great. They didn't, didn't shoot bad, but didn't shoot great. They, um, you know, they hit shots when they needed to, which was good. KCP, he had a few threes. He had one three later in the fourth quarter where shot clock was running down. It was a bit of a desperation shot and he stuck it from the corner. So that was great to see. Anthony Davis had one, one like that before his game winner where the shot clock was running down and he uh, hit a three. So didn't shoot great, but they did come up big and hit, hit threes in, in big moments. So that was that was good to see at the very least, but still obviously want to see the Lakers get into a better rhythm shooting from the three-point line. And then really another big story for the Lakers in this was the lack of production that they were able to get from their, from their rotation players. So KCP and Danny green, they both had 11 points. Kuzma struggled. He had eight points. Um, Rondo, like I said, he looked like he was forcing a lot of his passes and a lot of the time he was, he would get to the basket and he wouldn't just try and finish at the rim. He'd get to the basket and then try and force a pass to somebody when he probably could have just tried to finish and made the shot. If not, the Lakers are a pretty elite offensive rebounding team this year. So at the very least, you have Anthony Davis and Howard and and even Markeith Morris at the times or LeBron James to try and go and grab that, uh, grab an offensive rebound if he misses the layup. But also Rondo's been making layups. So, you know, why pass those up if you don't need to? Um, and then in this game last night, Howard wasn't nearly as effective as he was in game one, unfortunately. I think a lot of that has to do with Jokic. He was able to, he did, Jokic did a really good job at using Dwight Howard's kind of almost hyperactivity against Howard. So Dwight Howard's very, in this series, he's been very hyperactive. Like I said, he is up in their faces, not not really afraid to to the foul he's being very physical trying to get under the skin of the nuggets and force them to either turn the ball over foul him or um, just be rattled a little a little bit and last night it seemed like Jokic was doing a really good job at at countering Dwight Howard's hyperactivity and using it against him so so making a move on Howard and getting past him or or knowing that Howard's going to try and be extra physical, so making him foul him, making Howard foul Jokic, things like that, um, and it really took away from the effectiveness that Howard had had in the first in the first game. And then Caruso Caruso had some big plays. He had an awesome dunk on a fast break where he just went up, and from the angle on the TV, you couldn't tell if he was going to get contested because the defender kind of jumped but I couldn't tell like where exactly he was in Crusoe's path, but Crusoe just went up strong uh, and jammed it. So that was awesome to see. And he had, so he had some big plays. He hit a, you know, he had that dunk and then I think he went down and hit a three. So that was awesome. Um, 
but overall, and I and with and with Caruso, we don't expect high scoring necessarily. He does a lot of other things positively on the court, but he took four threes, only made one of them, had nine points. So, but he you know he shot fifty percent from the field. So when Rondo's or when Caruso drives to the basket, he's a, he's really great at finishing at the rim, um, and he can be very effective in that way. So the three point shooting isn't really his strong suit, but it was good to see him at least get, get up to the rim, get, get some layups, try and finish. But he, you know, only had nine points, but he did play well defensively. He was in there late in the game, which was cool to see. So, so yeah, so he had nine points and all of his, all of his points only came in the first half. So he wasn't, the Lakers, it was just the Lakers were not attacking the basket in the second half. They, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the of the of the episode, LeBron James had 20 points in the first half. He was attacking the basket, but then he only finished with six points in the second half it, because he stopped attacking the basket. The Lakers were settling for threes, settling for shots they wouldn't normally take. And it really hurt them and hurt their rhythm from an offensive standpoint. And then another big one that we wouldn't necessarily think is big, but the last few games he's been big is Markeith Morris. Markeith had zero points, didn't attempt a, didn't even attempt a shot, and he only played nine minutes. So, you know, since he's been such a big spark plug for the last few games, I would definitely love to see him at least be taking, taking and or, well, taking and hopefully making a few threes per game. So not seeing him get a shot off was a bit disappointing. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of mediocrity or negativity in this game. So really great, again, like I said, that the Lakers won this game, but I think the Lakers need to make a lot of adjustment. Usually, usually the Lakers are a stronger second half team than they were in in um in game two. They're they're usually way better at Usually the a lot in the past in the regular season the Lakers would start out slow in the first half. It'd be a close game. We even saw this in the playoffs a few times in the first two rounds. And then the Lakers would turn it on in the between the third and fourth quarter, whether towards the end of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter or just in the fourth quarter. And this didn't really happen. The Lakers didn't really play their basketball. They let the Nuggets dictate how the game was going to be played. So you know, looking, looking, looking ahead to what the Lakers need to do to adjust, because the Lakers definitely need to make some adjustments. They need to be the ones controlling the game. They can't let the Nuggets dictate how the game is being played on both ends of the court, which they did a great job of. Tip, tip, tip the cap to them for, for being able to do that. But the Lakers need to make adjustments and keep them from doing that, so they, so that the Lakers can close out this series and move on hopefully to the to the NBA finals. So for the Lakers again, I think I think a lot of it comes from their defense. It seemed like the the Nuggets were doing a good job and it seemed like every time down the court when the Lakers were on defense, Nuggets were on offense, they had the Lakers on their heels. They were either attacking the basket or you know, the Lakers didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if Jokic was going to take a three or if he was going to drive or if Murray was going to, or if they're going to do the pick and roll, there just was a lot of 
confusion on the, it seemed like on the Lakers defensive end where they just weren't sure what's going to happen. And so they were forced to be on their heels and it allowed the nuggets to have just enough space and enough room to be able to get a shot off or to drive to the basket. Um, a lot of times there was miscommunication where there would be a cutter that would come in and get an easy dump, dump off and, and lay up things like that, where the Lakers just weren't nearly as strong on the defensive end. And this led, you know, it led to when the Lakers are not as strong on the defensive end, it leads to them not being able to have more fast break opportunities. And when the Lakers are having fast break opportunities, that's when they're dictating the pace of the game. And the Lakers, when they're running, when they're pushing the ball, forcing the Nuggets to run, um, or or forcing any of their opponents to run, they're the stronger team. And especially with the Nuggets having played back-to-back seven-game series, you you got to think that they're definitely more more tired than the Lakers are. So if the Lakers can just really force the Nuggets to have to run and keep up with them, then then the Lakers will be very will be strong and will be playing their best brand of basketball. And so I think defensively the Lakers need to to continue and do more of what I was saying in, in my last episode where they we want to keep the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. That the Jokic and Murray pick and roll is very hard to defend because both guys are very lethal from just about anywhere on the court. Jamal Murray can hit deep threes. He can hit mid-range jumpers. Jokic can hit threes. He can hit the mid-range jumper. He can. He's a big man, so he can obviously make it inside. So there's a lot to question there. It's hard to double-team any one guy, but the Lakers need to find a way to make the Jokic and Murray screen and roll a non-factor. And I'm not totally sure how you do that. If it's um, doubling one of the guys and just making sure the rotations are perfect and rotating, or if it is like we're like, you know, we've seen the Lakers do a lot of this where they're Jokic sets the screen and the guy defending Murray goes around the screen to try and catch up with Murray and get back in front of him. You know, that can work, but it definitely is very exhausting to do that. And if Murray's, you know, if they get the ball to him really quick and he has a quick jump shot, then he's wide open. So there's a lot, there's, there's definitely holes in that defensive strategy, but it's, it worked pretty well in game one. It didn't work too bad in game two. I mean, both teams didn't play that well offensively in game two. They didn't shoot that well. The score was only, it was 105 to 103. It was very, it was in today's NBA standards, a low scoring game. So the Lakers are doing while they, while they were on their heels and not in a position to take over the game. They were also limiting and forcing the Nuggets to struggle as well in the game. So that was good. Um, but the Lakers just need to to do better and do something to really just try and shut down the Nuggets, keep them from even being able to come back. And the Nuggets are a team, they're resilient. They're going to keep pushing, keep fighting. Jokic and Murray are good players. So the the Lakers being up two games to zero is awesome. It's great. Um, and I think a lot of it, you know, the Lakers offense stems from their defense, I think. 
but also at the same time, last night, their defense was doing a pretty decent job, but their offense was not keeping up. They were turning the ball over, missing shots, and giving the Nuggets more opportunities to to score to score the basket. So it's less that the Lakers weren't stopping the Nuggets well enough, but they were just giving them more opportunities than they should have between the turnovers and the miss and the missed bas- baskets and things like that. So, um, whatever we can do to f- to be on the other end of that turnover battle will be very helpful. I think on the other end, you know, what do the Nuggets need to do to stop the Lakers? Well, they did a, a lot of it, a lot of really good things last night. They, like I said, they forced the Lakers to, you know, they kind of packed the paint, didn't let LeBron get to the bucket too easily, at least in the second half. Um, same with Rondo and Caruso. They forced them whenever they drove to the basket to kick the ball out a lot, which led to either turnovers or, or a lot of, in this case, last night missed shots, which was unfortunate. So they did a really good job at that. You know, the Lakers, they only had eight fast break points in game two. So that's something from the Lakers side that they really need to try and do what they can to fix. And, um, and hopefully that's something that the Lakers can fix and we can pick up that pace, the pace of the game. And I think another thing that the, the Nuggets really, I mean, definitely the one thing the Nuggets need to do to, to beat the Lakers in the series or in one game is they need to shut down both Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Because as we, as we've seen, as we saw in game one, Anthony Davis had 37 points. LeBron James had 15 points. Obviously the rest of the team was also playing and shooting well, but we only needed one of those only, we only needed Anthony Davis in game one to go out, to go, to go off and to, to take over that game. So in order for the Nuggets to really shut down the Lakers, they need to shut down Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's kind of like in Star Wars, you know, to stop the Death Star, you have to destroy the whatever it's called. I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I do know that reference. So they need to to go in and shoot down the one thing to take down the entire Death Star. For the Nuggets to take down the Death Star of the Lakers, they need to take down Anthony Davis and LeBron. And and not only do they need to stop Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis and LeBron, but they need to stop them from getting to the hoop more specifically. So if they can do that, that's at least, you know, you're maybe halfway there if you're stopping them from getting, getting to the hoop. So, so they did, they, did a, they, the Nuggets did a good, did a good job at that in, in game two. LeBron only had 12 points in the paint. Eight of those came in the first half. And Anthony Davis only had eight points in the paint. Six of those came in the first half. So Anthony Davis, he had 31 points. He played well. He hit the game-winning shot. But not a lot of his points came in the paint. And the majority of those points were in the first half. So in the second half, the Nuggets adjusted really well, keeping the Lakers from getting into the paint and getting to the rim. And if you're the Lakers, that's what you really need to focus on in Game 3 and the rest of the series to to really dominate the game. I think when the Lakers are getting to the hoop, they're they're spreading the floor better so that their three-point shooters are more open. And when their three-point shooters are more open, they're more likely to make the basket. You know, I, there were a couple times where 
KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma were open for three last night and missed it, but you're better off them being open than not being open. So if the Lakers can get to the basket, starting with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then make those buckets, forcing the the Nuggets to back off a little bit more, it opens up the three game, and that's when the Lakers are off and running and playing their game and dominating games. So I think that's what the Lakers really need to do to um, to dominate game three. And hopefully, if they can continue that, they can come up with a recipe of how to beat the Nuggets and they can they can close out the series and dominate the series and, and finish it off. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the Eastern Conference and maybe some updated predictions for what I think uh, was going to happen in the rest of the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. All right, and then looking back All right. Now looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, how things are going with the rest of the NBA. I say rest of the NBA, but there's only one other series going on. It's the Celtics and the Heat. So they played game three on Saturday. And just as I predicted, the Celtics bounced back, got the win in game three. Um, I, you know, we saw in the Toronto and Celtics series that the Celtics are going to fight and they're going to pull out wins. They're a good team. So you know, I think I expect them that I expect expect that they'll go and get the win in Game Four, tie the series up two to two, and then from there, anything can happen. You know, it's a close series; both teams only need two wins. You know, I'm not totally sure that they'll have enough to push this series to seven games, and if they go down three games to one, I think they're toast. So they definitely for the Celtics at this point. Every game is a must-win game, especially with how the Heat, they're really just like a firecracker team. They, they're they going to go off. When they're hitting threes, they're a scary team. They play good defense. They're, they're, they are a well-rounded team. They have good guards. They have Jimmy Butler, great forward. They have Bam, Bam Adebayo as a big man. So they're definitely a scary team and they are very well-rounded. They can hit threes, they can play defense. And so the Celtics, I think they really need to need to win every game from here on out or else the, um, the heat, I think could take it from them. So if the Celtics go down three games to one, I think they're toast. I think it's over at that point, but if they can go and win game four, make it two to two, then I think they have a chance. I think that they might be able to push it to seven games, um, maybe six games. But I think if they if they tie it up two to two, it's definitely going to be a close series. So it definitely it'll be fun to watch, fun to see who in the East will make it to the NBA Finals. And then you know I think for the Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets bounced back very well in Game Two. I think we expected it based on how the Nuggets have played. In the first two series, they 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 hadn't they have not been down 2-0 yet. So they were they've come back. I think they lost both game ones. Or no, 
can't remember what happened in the Denver Utah series, but they, by the time game two or game three rolled around, they were tied one to one in both series. So the, I think the Nuggets won game one in the first series against the Jazz. But all that being said, the Nuggets, they've bounced back well in these series that they've played. So we saw it again in game two last night. They bounced back well against the Lakers after getting blown out in game one. And if it weren't for Anthony Davis's game winner, the series would be tied up one to one. If Anthony Davis misses that shot, Nuggets win that game. It's as simple as that. So the Nuggets put themselves, like I said, the Nuggets put themselves in a position to win that game. So hats off to them for that. That being said, though, with the Lakers up two games to zero now, I have a hard time seeing the Lakers lose two games in this series. I think last night was the closest that just with how good the Lakers are at adjusting and making adjustments that that we've seen in the last two series, I have a really hard time seeing the Lakers lose two more games in this series. So, so I had originally predicted that the Lakers would win in six. Now that they've gone up two games to zero, I think I'll say they'll win in five. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers were able to close it out and sweep the series. So at this point, I think my prediction is Lakers in five. I'm not, not surprised if they sweep it. Before it was Lakers in six, not surprised if it was five. But now the Lakers are up two games to zero. They they didn't play as bad of a game as we've seen the Lakers play, but it was a pretty mediocre mediocre game. And I felt like the Nuggets were playing pretty well. So um, hopefully the Lakers can make the right adjustments and they can come out in game three on Tuesday and get a big win and go up three games to zero. But only time will tell. It'll be fun to see. Until then, go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!